broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, on this Friday, live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Damon Cotton, your boy Q, we're here with you for the next three hours. Going to finish off this week really strong, head into the weekend. Of course, it's Mother's Day weekend, so off top, at the top of the show, want to salute to all the mothers out there. We appreciate you, we appreciate you, and we appreciate you even more. So uh, big ups to all the moms. Uh, Going to celebrate this uh, this Mother's Day weekend. Of course, celebrate your mothers this Mother's Day weekend. But we got a big-time show for you lined up. Very excited about it, as we are each and every day. Uh, but as I mentioned, we're going to finish off this week really strong with a big-time show for you. Less than 24 hours from the official schedule release of the NFL. And of course, we've got a lot to go over when it comes to the Raiders' schedule. And I know that we've all gone through the through the schedule already and put WL, 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 there's a win streak, there's a losing streak, and come up with our own ideas of what the Raiders are going to end up with in 2023. And I'm sure you've probably done it for other teams as well throughout the course of the league, but of course with the silver and black, and we'll do that throughout the course of the show as well. And it's so funny, as I did it, as soon as we signed off yesterday, me and DeMond stood here in the studio for a little while and got the schedule in our hands, and I kind of went through it real quick, like bing, 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 didn't even think about it. I said, well, that was a quick nine and uh, nine and six, or no? What was it? Nine was nine and eight. It was quick. I was like, "Oh, that's a quick nine and eight. Then I went through it again. I was like, "Well, that's a quick ten and seven. And I was like, "Man, how am I coming up with this? Like, that seems like it's too, too many wins. Like, I, I've got to, I've got to slow down. I've got to go study it. I've got to look at where they're playing at. I, I, there's something, something wrong here, right? Because the schedule is a pretty difficult looking schedule. I mean, I think we could all agree. Looking at it, it's pretty difficult. Uh, I think that a lot of rankings have it around the third toughest schedule in the league this year. So obviously, it's not the easiest schedule. So I kept going through it, and I don't know what it is about May. Maybe it's the, the optimism about May, and maybe it's coming off the the NFL draft. You start feeling a little bit better about what a team could do. But overall, I came away with a pretty good record for the Raiders in 2023. And the funny thing about it, Demond, on my podcast today, I said. I'll give you the early win and wins and loss production, uh, predictions that are guaranteed to be wrong. Like, that's the one thing that I said. I want to make sure I let it be known. These are guaranteed to be wrong. So everybody that listens to the podcast should just go and take that to the, to the bank now. Well, yeah. Go ahead and put, put that bet down. <laughs> man, I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you, man. People hit me up and they're like, oh, that was pretty optimistic. And I said, again, I guaranteed that I was going to be wrong. But when it's May – Early May, somehow, some way, you can go through the schedule, and I think we're all guilty of it. You can go through the schedule and look at it and say, oh, I can see, okay, I can see a win here. I can see a loss there. It's just so simple to do. And by the time you get to the end of the schedule, it's funny. I was listening to uh, I was listening to, to uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN earlier today, and they were going through the show. Speaking of Fitz and Harry, we'll actually have Harry Douglas, who's part of that show, on the show a little bit later on uh, coming up this afternoon. But it was so funny listening to them. They had... Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, they had one of their producers, and they had both of their producers, as a matter of fact, all going through. They picked one team. So Jason picked the Raiders. Harry picked the the Falcons. He used to be a Falcon wide receiver. He's also a Tennessee Titan wide receiver. Uh, I think Devin, one of their producers, uh, might have picked the Jets, and then another one picked the Giants. So, of course, you know they had to have that that East Coast lean there. And it's so funny. Like I think they came up with the Giants record of being like 10-7. and seven. No, actually it was the 
Yeah, I think the Giants was 10 and 7. The Jets, they were feeling really good. I think like 12 and 5 was their overall record. Even 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. Uh, I think Jason Fitz came up with seven wins for the Raiders, and, and then Harry came up with, I think, 11 or 12 wins for the Atlanta Falcons. But it's just so funny that, it, you know, you just go through the schedule, you just bing, 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 and then you get to the bottom of it, and you're like, damn. Hold on, there's got to be a loss here somewhere. And I remember when the guy was going over the Jets schedule and they kept saying, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. He got towards the end. He was like, oh, man, I think I just got to throw a loss in there somewhere because I think I'm giving this team too many wins. It's just so easy to do. But, of course, we'll make sure that that happens on the show today. We'll go over it with you and we'll want to hear from you and let, uh, let us get your thoughts on what you think the Raiders will do in 2023. But. Coming up on the show today, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join us at 2.30. He'll talk about the Raiders' schedule, what he thinks, you know, where, where he's going to look at the schedule and say, okay, this is the, this is the nice, the sweet spot for him, and this is the rough stretch for him. And again, as I look at the schedule, there's not a whole lot of sweet spots, right? I, I feel like that there's a lot of opportunity for some ups and downs uh, in this Raiders' upcoming schedule. So there's not a, I don't think that there's a stretch where you look at it and say, oh, man, that's the easy part. And I say that in, the, in air quotes. That's the easy part of the schedule. Uh, I just don't see it. I know that they had it last year, but I don't see it this year. So Paul Gutierrez will join us to talk all things Raiders. We'll also ask him about something that you brought up earlier today, Damon, was uh, the whole news that we woke up to from Adam Schefter talking about Tom Brady uh, thinking about and trying to come to agreement with uh, Mark Davis about a, a minority – stake in the Raiders and I saw a lot of Raider fans flipping out and saying oh I'm done I'm done no way you can't have Tom Brady be a part of the organization if I'm correct and we'll ask Paul about this as well at 2:30. isn't this the same thing that Magic Johnson was going to be doing not too long ago and now Magic Johnson is a part of the ownership group that has just come to agreement with the commander so he's going to be part of that group so he can't be part of the Raiders as well I, as far as I'm concerned this is just about the same thing right uh, probably net worth, Magic Johnson probably had a little bit more equity to put into it. Like, he'll probably have a bigger ownership stake if you just look at how much he's made over his... But it was only going to be a minority stake. Yeah, just it still a minority. It wasn't like but it I mean, was going to be a stake where he's making decisions or anything. Yeah, obviously, maybe Tom Brady's 2% compared to Magic Johnson, probably like 8% or something like that. But for me, the interesting part about Brady, everybody, is conspiracy corner time. Why didn't the Dolphins have that first pick? Because of tampering. Because right. they tried to offer Brady a little, hey, play for us for the year, and then we'll give you some ownership stake after you're done playing. That obviously blew up in everybody's face. Dolphins didn't have that pick. Tom Brady, he's like, hey, guys, don't talk about that. It's okay. And now I wonder how this deal with um, Mark Davis came about. I know it's a little like, hmm, I just think there's something going on with Tom Brady. He obviously like wants what? to be I mean, an owner. I, I'm not picking up what you're th- laying down here because he's been retired. So, I mean, what, what yeah, do you mean? I just – it blew up in his face in Miami. Now he's trying to be an owner mm-hmm. – well, excuse me, a part owner right. with the Raiders. I just want to know what's his end game. Well, I mean, he's already, you know, part owner has a little bit of a stake in the Aces. So why not? You know, if you're going to have a little bit of a stake in the Aces, why not have a stake in the Raiders? I mean, again, I just think it's more of, a, hey, that's cool that that guy is part of the organization. Or, or if you don't like it, hey, that's not cool. But – he doesn't make any kind of decisions, regardless. You know, he, he's, he's just going to be a, a minority owner and a, and a guy that, that's going to take, you know, just a little bit of stake in, in the organization. And you see professional athletes do that all the time. There's plenty of athletes that have, you know, little minority stakes in, in this team, that team, and the other. So I don't think it's a big deal, but we'll ask Paul coming up at 2.30. And I'm interested, though, you, you got the conspiracy theory hat on today. I thought you had a Vegas Vipers hat on. You got the conspiracy theory hat on today. So we'll get back to that. At some point, but uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us at 2.30. We have Ari Mayrov from 33rdteam.com, our good friend. He'll join us at 3 o'clock, and we'll kind of look at the the big scheme of things when it comes to the NFL schedule, not just from a Raiders point of view, but the, the, the whole league. You know, where does he see 
the the really good games that entice him? What schedules does he look at that seem like they're easier than others? You know, are the Jets going to be that team that a lot of people expect them to be? They have five primetime games. Oh, by the way, the Raiders have five primetime games. And really, I'm looking at six of them just because they have that Christmas Day game as well. And uh, that's not a normal game for, for the Raiders, and that's a Monday game. So I look at that as a primetime game as well. Uh, some don't, and that's fine. But they have at least five time, five uh, primetime games, which I think is a big deal, especially for a team that won six games a year ago. So Ari Mayroth, 33rdteam.com, will join us at 3 o'clock. Then I mentioned Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, played with the Falcons, played with the Tennessee Titans. He's now part of ESPN, Fitz and Harry. They do their show noon to 3 Eastern time and 9 a.m. To, to noon uh, Pacific time, and you can hear that on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, each and every day. They do a really good job. Plus, you hear Jason Fitz uh, with the morning tailgate, Clay, Vinny, and Lindsey. Uh, I think every, what's today, Friday? I think they, I think he joins every Wednesday or Thursday, one of the two days he joins in, in the morning with the morning tailgate, and he's also on with the press box on ESPN Las Vegas as well. So Jason Fitz, uh, big time Vegas guy, ESPN guy, his co-host, Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, will join us at 3.30 to talk about uh, a schedule release from a player's point of view. You know, how was he? He was playing in the league just about a decade. So what did he uh, look forward to when the schedule came out? Did he get as excited as the fan base does? You know, what's the priority to a guy like Harry Douglas? Plus, we'll talk about some of the, the teams that, that, you know, looking at their schedule, like the Jets. We'll talk about the Raiders. He talks Raiders every single day with Jason Fitz <laughs> on Fitz and Harry. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to all, all things NFL and the schedule with Harry Douglas coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, we'll take a little bit of a right turn. Carolina Teague, League of Her Own podcast. She'll join the show. She'll talk about the XFL championships. The Vegas Vipers are not in the XFL championships, but it's taking place in San Antonio this weekend on Saturday. The D.C. Defenders and the Arlington Renegades are going to go at it for the the championship and Demond. I mean, you were part of the the Vegas Vipers broadcast with Harry Ruiz, who just filled in for uh, JT the Brick the last couple of days. So we appreciate him. But now that the season's coming to a close, man, kind of go back and, and look at you know the the season that was for the Vegas Vipers. What were your overall thoughts? It was a good thought, but also excuse me, a good season. But I got to say this right now. The Vipers, they got to have egg on their face. The starting quarterback for Arlington Renegades is Luis Perez, yeah. who they traded midway through the season. Right. I'm not saying that he was going to lead the Vipers to the XFL championship, but if you trade him for a linebacker, and we we know that, hey, linebacker isn't that valuable position in football, and now, hey, you trade him, and he's in the XFL championship game, I mean, I'm just like, man, why couldn't they just keep him? What did you think of the overall product, though, for the oh, first year? Since oh, the product. The product, it was good. It's yeah. like, I'm going to watch football no matter what. The game that stands out to me the most against was the Seattle Sea Dragons, mm-hmm. where they have Josh Gordon, and it was one of those, oh, this guy's still good. <laughs> right. Ben DiNucci, like, where they were always going for three. That's one of my biggest takeaways for the season. The NFL, incorporate that into maybe okay. still keep the field goal extra point if you want to do that. But why not? Hey, you can go for two, but you can also go for three. I do think that would that would definitely spice up the NFL a little bit. Well, Carolina Teague will join us at 4 o'clock to talk about the XFL championship going on in her backyard right there in San Antonio, Texas. And we'll get her thoughts on the first year of the XFL and if it has staying power and, you know, what they could do to improve the product moving forward. And, you know, if there's maybe a couple ideas that she thinks could be incorporated into the NFL. Plus, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs with her as the Lakers and the Warriors get ready for game six tonight. I went over to the barbershop today. Normally, I go on Saturday, but since I'll be out of town this weekend, had to make that 
that happened. And, of course, that was the big conversation. As I was in the cut, we were up there talking all kind of noise, man. I'll tell you, I thought it was Saturday. It wasn't. I had to remember that it was Friday. I was like, oh, wait, I got to get back to work. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hang at the barbershop all day long. But uh, the barbershop was popping, man, talking all things uh, hoops, and especially this game, Lakers and Warriors. I think that it's going to be done tonight, Damon. Like, I really do. I think the Lakers are probably going to close the door on the Warriors. But you see, I said probably, right? So there's a slight chance that the Warriors could sneak one in, in there in L.A. and get back to the Chase Center in Game 7. If that happens, all bets are off. And for me, it depends on what's Anthony Davis going to do. Well, I know they say, hey, it's looking like he's good. Darvin Ham talked about good he's signs. Fine. Uh, he's you think fine. it's fine? You think it's fine? Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I know that he got wheelchaired out to the locker room, and I'm not trying to make light of it because it's a head injury. But immediately the next day, not even 24 hours later, like, oh, he's doing great. So – I think he's fine. Uh, you know, it's just, and I was actually talking about him in the shop today. I was like, man, I will never make fun of uh, like a head injury because that's that's serious. Yeah, people were really getting on Shaq and Charles Barkley. And it's like, yeah, maybe they got a point. I think that they were laughing at a couple different things. So they weren't just laughing at at uh, at, at Anthony Davis. But that's a whole other conversation. They always get a lot of different low key little, you know, sometimes inside jokes in on the, on that broadcast, and so they start laughing and and I kind of pick up on a lot of the stuff that they're they're saying or what I think that they're saying. But that's a whole other conversation. But man. I'll tell you right now, Anthony Davis, if there wasn't for, for no or bad luck, he would have no luck. He just is in the wrong place at the wrong time. He falls awkward. He gets hit with the elbow when he's not really even part of the play. You know what I mean? It's like one thing after the other happens for this guy. If I'm him, I'm in the locker room at some point like, really? <laughs> this is what's happening to me now? Like, can I catch a break? But then you don't want to say that because, yes, he will, he will catch a break. A real break, and you don't want him to do that. So, yeah, it's going to have a lot to do with Anthony Davis and uh, obviously Andrew Wiggins. He has a, a rib injury that he's dealing with, so nobody is healthy at this point. But I'll tell you right now, as I said in the barbershop, the Lakers better close it out tonight. If they don't close it out tonight, as I mentioned, all bets are off. You saw what happened to Phoenix. You saw what happened to Phoenix. They're sitting there right now in Arizona wondering what the hell happened. They were all happy when we were there for the Super Bowl. Remember, mm-hmm. they were running up and down the streets. We got KD! We got KD! Yeah, you got KO'd. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden, when it was like, oh, he's, a, he's out for the game, I said, yeah, that's the one, two, three Cancun right there. Right. He basically said, all right, y'all go do what y'all can do. I'm already, all right, my flight's already planned. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, my flight leaves at 9.50. I need to be there a, a few minutes ahead of time. That's exactly what he said. So Carolina Teague will join us to talk all things NBA. Plus, we'll talk about the XFL championship. Then we'll close out with Mike Clay from ESPN. He does a really good job on the analytical side of things. And I'm not a big analytical guy, but I do respect the the analytical world. And I respect the the rankings. And he always does a really good job of posi- like doing uh, positional rankings and going through and saying, okay, well, uh, here, the Raiders, they're, their defensive line group is ranked or their edge group is ranked. And this is a, g- a good example. The edge ranking for, for the Raiders – Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, Malcolm Koontz, you know, everyone that's, that's going to be screaming in off the edges, they're ranked at a 7. The defensive tackles, the interior of the Raiders defensive line, is ranked at a 31. So think about that. 31 out of 32 teams and 7 out of 32. So, yeah, they're great on the edges and not so much on the inside. So he's got the quarterback ranking. He's got the offensive line ranking. He's got the running back position ranking. He also has a, a, a win-loss total for the Raiders. He has them at 6 wins. And it's funny, I saw a lot of people hit me up when they saw, heard my podcast today, and they're like, oh, Q, I don't see him winning more than six games. So, I look, I have no problem being wrong. I've said it many times. Uh, I ended up with, I think on the podcast, I said nine or ten wins anywhere around there. I think technically I came up with ten, but I said I, I could see anywhere in that range, like nine or ten, and that's a big improvement. But 
with the, the the strength of the schedule, with the teams that, you know, as we think that they're going to play, looking at it, again, it's not easy. So six, seven wins, that's very easy too. That, that's very possible to happen. So uh, we'll talk to Mike Clay from ESPN at 4.30. So as you can tell, we have a lot to get to on today's show. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN at 2.30. Ari Mayroff, 3030team.com at 3. Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver at 3.30. Carolina Teague at 4. And Mike Clay closes us out at 4.30. Those are the guests that we have lined up on the show. Of course, we want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So before myself and DeMond go through the schedule and break it down and give you our win-loss and why, we'll try to do it pretty quickly uh, because I know that that could be a real long segment, but I don't want to make it a long segment. I just kind of want to go through because I really want to get your thoughts, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. What is the overall record for the Raiders in 2023 based off of what you're looking at, uh, the schedule on paper, and what's the best stretch and what's the toughest stretch of the schedule, in your opinion? Before myself and DeMond go over that, let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines real quick. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend Stove. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. It's been a minute since I've been able to call in, so I want to cover a couple things real quick. Okay. Number one, as far as the schedule goes, I don't, I don't typically get too bogged down in that because you just never know how it's going to go. But a couple quick thoughts. We go to Buffalo before it gets cold. Yep. We don't play Kansas City after their bye, yep. which is a miracle. Yeah, and and you know, last year I thought we were in position to win eleven games, and there's no reason that we can't do that again. Obviously, it's going to come down to execution and and the team improving. But we we had a chance to win eleven games last year. We could certainly have a chance to win eleven this year. And what's going to be key about the schedule is those what is it, three out of the first four weeks are on the road, yep. uh, something like that. You come away with that, even at 2-2, two and two, you got to feel like you're, you're going in the right direction you know, with a, with a quick start. I know you said this morning on the podcast, be 3-2 and two through the first five games. I, I think the Raiders would sign up for that. Um, one quick thought on the, on the draft, I haven't talked to you since, since that. I mean, we, we were waiting to see what Ziegler did. And obviously we can't grade the draft yet, mm-hmm. but we have to feel pretty good about how he approached this and, and, and the, uh, the different positions that he addressed. The guy I'm most excited about seeing is Trey Tucker. I did not like the pick. I did not like a receiver. But the more I watch him, we have not had a guy take a bubble screen to the house probably since Jacoby Ford, and he may have done it once or twice. So we'll see if, if, if that ends up being – uh, uh, a good pick or not. But the, the one, one thing I really wanted to talk to you about today, and, I, and I'm sure you're going to get into Tom Brady at some point, um, I was talking to some Raider friends recently, and, and I put my, my lock guarantee on it that if, in fact, Jimmy G gets hurt, <laughs> the Raiders' backup quarterback is Tom Brady. There is no doubt about it. I wanted to make that loud and clear on Raider Nation Radio. If, if Jimmy G gets hurt, and I certainly hope he doesn't, and the Raiders are in any kind of position to make a playoff run, there is no doubt in my mind that 12 will be our quarterback because he's obviously tied in with Mark Davis, he's tied in with the coaching staff, and he's going to be in shape and he's going to know the offense. I do not want to see Jimmy G get hurt, and at the same time, I don't want to see Brian Hoyer on the field. So there you go. There's my Friday afternoon lock for UQ. 
Take it to the bank. Tom Brady is our backup quarterback. Boom. There it is, Stove. And that, my friend, is what we call a promo. <laughs> that is what we call a promo. That's good material right there, Stove. I like that. So there you go. That's Damon, you were up there talking about conspiracy theories earlier, and I wasn't really picking up what you were laying down. But Stove is saying Tom Brady is the backup quarterback if, not that he wants Jimmy G to go down. Like, let's make that perfectly clear. He's not wishing on anyone to get injured. I never wish on anyone to get injured, but you also can't ignore the history. So what are your thoughts on what Stove had to say there about Tom Brady, TB12? I think that that ship has sailed. I think that he wants to be an owner. They should have offered him that package maybe last year or the year before. I don't think that he wants to try to jump Even back in the game. Even in an emergency type thing, if they're in, like he said, position to maybe make a playoff run, if they get to around week 10, 11, all of a sudden Jimmy G gets hurt, TB12 isn't on red alert real quick? I don't think nobody want to see that. I mean, you, <laughs> a 46-year-old man fresh off the couch? Hey, man, I don't know. They put Carson Palmer in there. Not them, but Carson Palmer was fresh off the couch, and he wasn't half the dude that uh, Tom Brady was. So Fresh off the couch, I don't want to see Tom Brady in a Raider uniform. Okay. Now, maybe if he was, you know, if it was like, hey, reports, Tom Brady, the arm's still looking good. He's hanging around the Raider facility, you know, just giving pointers. <laughs> him and Devontae have been, uh, yeah. been doing some reps outside. <laughs> yeah, I seen him at the park the other day. Wow. Then I'd be like, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Stove, thanks for getting us started, man. I do appreciate it. And uh, he said that he feels like the Raiders could win 11 games. And look, they won. I mean, they lost so many games last year. That was one score game. So, uh, you know, just going back two years ago, what? They won all those walk-off games, right? They won them all at the last second. Last year, they lost them all. So you think that it bounces out at some point? So maybe a couple games. I mean, what they lose? Six or seven in, in, in terrible fashion last year? So if maybe two or three go that way? Go in your direction. You're already up to about eight wins, nine wins. I mean, I can see it. I can see it. I mean, at some point, you know, you feel like the, the mathematics size of things, it, uh, it, it works itself out. So, Stove, again, thanks so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Going out to the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Vegas Pete, our strength of schedule is 10th hardest at 524. I have them at 10 or 11 wins if Jimmy G stays healthy. Jim from Yonkers says, I see a six-game stretch with five home games starting with the Giants. I can't do it this year and put dubs next to all of them. LOL. Thank you. That's Jim from Yonkers. I appreciate that. Mailman Raider said, Q, Demond, I don't know if it's just me, but not able to listen to the app or the website. What's going on, Mailman Raider? What is going on? I've, had, I've seen a couple people have those kind of issues. What you got to do, I think just turn off your phone or whatever device you're using and turn it back on. Try to reset it, and I think you'll be okay because uh, I, I saw someone else have that problem the other day, and I think that they are okay probably listening on the Raiders app. So definitely check that out. You can always listen on the TuneIn app. You can always listen on uh, LVSportsNetwork.com. And, of course, you can listen on the good old-fashioned radio. We appreciate you, Mailman Raider. But, Damon, real quick before we have Paul Gutierrez coming up at the top, well, about 2.30, to talk about the Raiders' schedule and also Tom Brady and what he thinks he could bring to the Silver and Black and what his uh, minority ownership part would be uh, if and, and when that officially goes through because it's not a done deal just yet, but it's something that's being talked about. Wanted to go over the schedule. Wanted to go over the schedule with you. Uh, I don't know if you've gone through and put your W's and L's real quick, but we'll just hustle through it. Like I said, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time breaking down every single game right now, but let's go ahead and start. First of all, the preseason games, Allegiant Stadium, San Francisco 49ers, they'll be coming to town, then two on the road, going to L.A. to take on the Rams, and then Arlington to take on the Cowboys. So those are the three preseason games for the Silver and Black this year. All right, regular season, here we go. <clears throat> Sunday, September 10th at Denver, what do you got? I've got a win here, but they were terrible on the road last year. But uh, I'm just going to say 
just because of the streak with Denver, I'm going to give him the win. I gave him the, the W in this one as well because of that streak with Denver. I feel like I think Sean Payton's going to be better for them, and I think that Jared Stidham's going to help prepare him for week one. I think that that's something to pay attention to, but I still think the Raiders are better than the Denver Broncos in week one. So that's a W there. On the road at Buffalo, I gave him an L. Yep, L here. All right, one and one so far. They return home for the first time in 2023. Sunday night game, Pittsburgh Steelers. I gave him a W. What says you? I gave him a W too. All right, there you go. I don't think that Kenny Pickett is quite on the page where he needs to be. It's a little bit of a revenge game after losing that Christmas Eve game. So I think the first one at Allegiant Stadium in 2023, you chalk up to a W for the silver and black. That's a two and one after three weeks. Then they travel down the road to L.A. And I always think that they split with the Chargers, so I gave him an L. What are you? Gave him the L there too. Oh man, we I mean we might as well have had we might as well be looking in the mirror right hey, now. Man, hey. Right now we're that Spider-Man <laughs> meme or whatever like yeah, that. Yeah, we're pointing at each other. <laughs> but don't worry, that's gonna change soon. Okay, there you go. Well, we're two and two after four weeks. So the Green Bay Packers come to town. Monday night football. Where are you at? That's another W. I don't believe in Jordan Love. I don't believe in Jordan Love just yet. I think that five weeks into the season is probably too soon to expect him to play at a really high level. They feel good about him in Green Bay, obviously. It's the Jordan Love era, but I don't know if he's ready to really take that step. There's going to be growing pain. So I gave the Raiders a, a W there as well. So right now, both of us have the Raiders at 3-2 and two after five weeks. New England Patriots come to town. I gave them an L, a little bit of a revenge game right there. New England doesn't have a great offense, but I think their defense is going to be really good, and they'll find a way to get a dub. I, we haven't seen it yet, but I think that that offense, it's going to be a little bit improved, but I'm still giving the Raiders the victory. Okay. All right. So there's our first difference right there. I gave the Raiders a loss against the Patriots. You gave them a W. All right. So I have them sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. You have the Raiders at 4-2 and two after six weeks. Uh, then they travel to Chicago, Monday Night Football. Uh, and this is one I didn't even highlight. This is a Monday night football game. I gave the uh, the Raiders a W. I don't think that Justin Fields takes that step yet. Yeah, they're they're, they're probably going to be around the worst team in the league again this year. So, and I think they're the okay with that. I think they're okay with that. They've got <laughs> yeah. they've got some really good parts. Some picks they got too. Yeah, yeah, they got some really good parts and some picks, and they they feel like they're going to be comfortable growing it. So you gave them a W as well. Mm-hmm. I'm at five and two right now. All right, I'm at uh, I'm at four and three. And then uh, how about another Monday night football game? They go to Detroit. Those Detroit Lions that everyone's all hyped up about the Fighting Clay Bakers. I gave uh, the Raiders. There's a W on that one. I gave him an L. Oh, okay. So you believe in Detroit. You're believing. You're falling for yeah. the Okay. You believe in the Campbells. You believe in the the biting the ankles and the kneecaps and all that jar- garbage. Explosive garbage. offense. The okay. Raiders defense. Jared Goff. You believe in Jared Goff like that? Not. What do you mean like that? Well, I mean, because to have an explosive offense, you got to have an explosive trigger man again. Yeah, he put up uh, at numbers. least 30, yeah, 30 yeah. touchdowns. He put I mean, up yeah. good numbers last year. Yeah, he that's put up I'm good saying. numbers. So Same offense. Okay. I mean, you know. No, that's, that's, all, that's all I'm asking. Good stuff. All right, so you gave him an L. I gave the Raiders a W. Uh, then the New York Giants, they come to Allegiant Stadium. I gave the Raiders a W. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I gave him an L. I just don't know what it is about the Giants. That's, those are just one of those teams that they'll find a way to somehow get that victory. All right. Back-to-back New York games, back-to-back at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, how about Sunday night football, the Jets? I gave the Raiders an L in that one, not because of Aaron Rodgers, but because of Jets' defense I think is going to find a way to make a couple plays, similar to what I felt about the New England Patriot game. I gave him the L, too, so right now I'm sitting at 5-5. Five and five. How about you? Um, I would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I think I'm 6 and uh, – Six and four, I guess. There, there we go. go. Six and four. I guess we're after ten weeks. Uh, okay, so now we go on to Sunday, November nineteenth at Miami. That's a uh, that's oh that's a early game. That's a, not a Sunday night. That's a what day is that? That's a Sunday. Yeah, November nineteenth. Yeah. Okay, it's ten a.m. kickoff. I gave him an L. 
<laughs> I did too. I gave him an L. I'm too confused looking at what the date is and what the time <laughs> is. I better just go ahead and give him an L on that one. So I gave the Raiders a loss in that one. I think that they're, uh, the Dolphins' offense is just really stinking good. And I don't know who the trigger man's going to be, if it's going to be two or someone else at that point. But they just have a lot of weapons on offense. So I think Miami figures out a way to get it done. Plus their defense looks like it will be improved this year. Uh, then Sunday, Kansas City. Uh, that's the first time you play the Chiefs, week 12. I gave the Raiders an L on that one right before the bye week. I gave them the L too. All right, so they have one, two, three, four, five, six wins, and oh, six and six going into the bye week for me. I've got them five and seven going into the bye. Okay, all right. Sunday coming out of the bye. Sunday, December tenth. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I gave the Raiders a W. I don't trust Kirk Cousins, and I don't trust that defense. Yeah, we're on the same page there. All right, there you go. Then prime time at Allegiant Stadium Thursday night football. The Chargers. I told you earlier that I split with the Chargers, so I gave the Raiders a W. I think the Chargers are going to be better this year. I got the Chargers winning this one as well. Okay, so you so you got them sweeping. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, Devon's got the Chargers sweeping the Raiders. All right, and then the Christmas game Monday, 10 a.m. kickoff uh, in Arrowhead. I got the Raiders losing that one. Me as well. All right. Also, oh, you got them. How many losses do you have? Do you have five in a row? We're at uh, six and nine here. I know, but do you have five in a row as far as losses going back to before the bye week? Yeah. Okay, because I had the Raiders going on a three-game winning streak starting with Chicago, and then I had them going on a three-game losing streak going into the bye, and then they won two in a row for me. But you still have them losing, so you got them in a five-game losing streak. Yeah, that's. I think when Detroit gets when they get to that Detroit game, that's mm-hmm. going to be the tough part of the schedule to me. Okay, all right, there you go. That's the tough part of the schedule. I like it. Uh, and then at the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday, December thirty-first, that's New Year's Eve. I got the Raiders winning. I got them winning that one as well. And then TBD, the Denver Broncos, to close out the season. Start with the Denver Broncos. They end with the Broncos. I got the Raiders winning that one as well. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to give them the win. But it's like, but I got to have them split somewhere, so I want to give them the loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I if think you want to give them the loss, give them the loss. I think I, I'm going to give them the loss, so I'm sitting at 7 <laughs> and 10. I just talked them into a loss. <laughs> Most of the time you talk people into dubs, I talked you into a loss. There you go. So you got them overall 7 and 10? Yep, yep. And I got them exactly opposite 10 and 7. And honestly, I can see it going anywhere from kind of where you're at, 7 wins, 8 wins, to... Nine or ten wins where I have them. I, I think there's a nice little sweet spot around that range right there. So that's what we have. What says you? 69187, keyword r Paul Gutierrez from ESPN joins the show next. It's Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Takes a minute to enroll so you can get back to doing what makes you happy. This message funded by a grant through the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcaster Association and this station. Ah, the heavens have opened up from above and the warriors have spoken. Come on in. We're nightmares on the best part of my day. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You know, anytime you hear some kind of intro like that, you know that means Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is joining the show, and Paul joins us now on the phone lines. And, Paul, we do appreciate you this afternoon. Of course, the schedule release came out on Thursday, and everyone, including myself and Damon, have gone through the schedule and have said how many Raider wins are going to be in 2023, how many losses, where the win streaks are going to come from. We've done all that, just like everyone else does. Have you done that yet since the schedule release has come out? You know, what's funny, Q, is a couple of years ago at ESPN, that was part of our assignment. As soon as the schedule came out, we had to sit there and, and do the win-loss prediction. And um, at the time, I believe it was 2016, I was covering both the Raiders and the Niners during that point in time. And every single reporter had their team with a winning record, except for two teams. The Raiders and the Niners both had <laughs> losing records. So I was the only one that did that. 
Josh Dubow, our friend from Associated Press, went through and saw just how positive everybody at ESPN was because everybody had a winning record, and it was, of course, it's impossible for everybody to have a winning record, right? Right. But ever since they told us we no longer have to do that, I don't do that. I do it on my own now, though. I was listening to you guys, and I, and I still I, I agree with you. I see kind of a sweet spot between seven and ten wins right there. But the big thing is, guys, it's a new quarterback. We don't know mm-hmm. what this offense is going to look like. Now, I do believe that he's a better fit, and therefore it's an upgrade, so to speak, from Derek. Not that he's a better quarterback per se, but he's an upgrade in this system. So that has to play out. We have to see what Tyree Wilson pr- uh, provides from the pass rush and if the defense has improved at all. You know, And to me, it, it's kind of silly – and I'm glad that our bosses at ESPN had us stop doing it for that reason because it's it's May. We don't even know. Right. You know, when we were doing that assignment, actually, it was before the draft. So we didn't even know what was going on with, with the draft picks yet. So um, long story short, yeah, it's seemed about seven, eight wins. Yeah, that's – I mean, and that's – it feels right. I mean, again, I went through it and I came up with ten and I still looked at myself like, man, it feels like that's too many, right? I mean, they won six last yeah. year. That's a huge improvement. But then I also go back to, well, two years ago – they won all these exactly. games in, in you know, tight fashion and walk-off fashion, and then they lost all of those last year. So I'm like, well, maybe maybe a few of those even out. Maybe they, they win half of those. So, I mean, again, it kind of goes back to seven, eight, nine wins. Looks very reasonable. It does. And, and to me, the, the part of the schedule that's going to be the most telling is that opening that opening quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you can't say even a quarter anymore because there's 17 games, but those first four games, those three of those first four on the road, at what is supposed to be a, uh, an improved Denver team with Sean Payton there fixing that offense, supposedly. I think they're getting them at the right time because you don't know what they're going to have with, uh, you know, with Russell Wilson in the new system either. Um, yeah, they, they, they should win that game, but again, we don't know. And the right. fact that they got to go to Buffalo right away and then they're home for a, for a revenge game on, on, on primetime football. Look, they only won six games last year, and they got five national TV games. Right. You know, four, you know, four on primetime, one on Christmas Day by themselves. Um, that, that says something to the staying power, power uh, of the brand, if nothing else. Yeah, you know what's funny, Paul, is I thought that last year they were going to have a bunch of primetime games just because of the Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, yeah. reunited with Derek Carr, and they only had a couple primetime games, and then they got flexed off of that. I, and then all of a sudden this year they get five, and I'm like, wait, hold on. What am I missing here? Do, do people think that the Raiders are going to be better than we're expecting them to be? It's just one of those weird deals where, and then because they're on prime time, look who they're playing. The right. Bears, really? The Packers? Oh, okay. The Lions, when did they join the NFC North? You know? <laughs> right. And it's just a strange thing when, when the way the schedule kind of flexes in and out and the different divisions they play on the rotating schedule. And, and I hate the 17th game. Uh, I know we got to accept it, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of it, too. Um, why they have so many primetime games? I don't know, but most of them are at home. And, you know, being in the TV side of things a little bit, you know they love those beauty shots of the strip at night. That's true. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. They're always going to go for that look of the strip. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here. Raider Nation Radio 920. And I said, Roughness, DeMond's got one for you. All right, Paul, you're running into the show with the energy from the gods above (laughs) the ultimate warrior. I've got to ask you, though, Paul, when it comes to the bye week, I see that some fans on Twitter, they were already mad about how late the bye is scheduled. Do you think that's going to hurt or benefit the Raiders? Depends upon what they what their record looks like at the time, right? I I'm, I was stunned when mm-hmm. when I saw that schedule and when I was told where it was, I was like, oh my gosh, that late? You don't want it too late. You don't. It, I, I look at it this way. Q, you said you were at the at the barbershop earlier, right? Yep. You don't want to be the first guy in the chair. You don't want to be the last guy in the chair. You want to be right in the middle. That's right. And that's kind of the way I see the vibe. That's awesome. That's a great way to describe it, right there. The thing about it is, Paul, they've got to try to stay healthy all the way through week week thirteen. 
and that's the big question with Jimmy G, right? And and it's 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 unfortunate, and yet it's a fair question because of the recent history of him, which I'm sure is going to bleed into the next question: Who's going to be the quarterback at that point in time? <laughs> Could a potential future owner of the Raiders? <laughs> Be out there shooting up at that point? I don't know, but but I'll, I'll let you guys take it from there. No, no, no. We're gonna. We're, I'm throwing it right back to you with Tom Brady <laughs> getting that whatever like but majority piece, excuse me, minority piece of ownership. Do you think that that could be something that's on the table? Because me trying to go galaxy brain with it, that's the exact same reason why the Dolphins don't have a first, didn't have a first round pick in right. this draft because they tried to give them a little piece of ownership and and the incentive to play. Yeah, the fact that he's retired, though, I don't think there's any tampering going on here. All, all I know is I've seen a wide range. And, and, again, I know that Twitter is a very small microcosm of society, right? And, and, and texts you get from friends and families is even probably more of a sampling of how f- people are feeling. Uh, I've, I've seen reactions from what in the world are they doing? They've totally crossed over. You know, the ironic thing is the dark side has gone more to the dark side with this. Um, it's it's people saying, I don't care as long as it brings wins. I mean, look at the roster, look at the front office, look at the coaching staff. It's got that Patriots flair already to it. Mark Davis takes great offense to that. He told us at the owners' meetings that uh, any coach or staff that comes in, they're going to go with people they feel comfortable with, and that's all it is. So, I don't know. It, it's like that clip of Ultimate Warrior when he ran in to save Hogan at, at WrestleMania 8, <laughs> DeMond, and Papa Shango was sitting there waiting for him. You know, Tom Brady is Papa Shango in this. You just don't know what you're going to get when he, when he enters the ring. <laughs> but real quick, too, he missed his mark, though, Paul. I mean, so may, the, the, the timing might be a little off by the time the team That's needs Tom saying. Brady. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> so something else we got to talk to you about when it comes to this schedule, how do you think that the Raiders' defense is going to look? Because a lot of the losses that I gave him, I was thinking about how good is that offense, who's their best receiver? Do you think that those receiver matchups, when it comes to the Stephon Diggs, the Tariq Hills, that those are going to be the games where the Raiders are going to be in trouble because we don't know what that secondary is looking like yet? But again, to me, it goes back to the way that the pass rush and the second and pass coverage work hand-in-hand, hand, right? If Tyree Wilson's the truth, if, as Mark Davis told me, he's the man uh, and he can affect the pass rush and it only makes things easier for Max and, and for Chandler, then that's going to help the secondaries out. And and that is is kind of the big picture here. When when you pull back and look at the whole thing, I asked Champ Kelly this the you know in the press conference that first night was as a as a DB how how nice is it to have a pass rush that's really fearsome and affecting the quarterback? He said it's about it's a DB's best friend. So if Tyree is the truth and they are able to get to the quarterback and 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 affect the pass rush and then get some rush up the middle, that's going to make things easier. You know, quote unquote easier. For, for the for the secondary. So that, to me, is where they put all their efforts and their energy in the draft, at least early anyway, when you got a few of the first picks are on the defensive line. Um, yeah, they didn't really make any moves at cornerback. Uh, we're going to see. We'll see exactly how it plays out, though. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here. Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Speaking of Tyree Wilson, he signed his contract earlier today. Field Yates reported it's about a four-year, $27 million deal. So nice chunk of change from the young man out of Texas Tech. But uh, they're having their, their, their mini camp this weekend, the rookie mini camp. Of course, we're not there. But what do you think is, is going on as far as how much coaching, teaching, and learning is happening this weekend with the rookies? My understanding, if it's, if it's similar to last year, it's the draft picks are not really – taking part in stuff on the field. It's more okay. classroom work for them. It's, it's getting into uh, figuring out how, you know, the schemes, the, the homework they need to take back for OTAs and for mandatory minicamp. It, it's kind of kind of uh, held as a tryout camp for the, mm-hmm. for the undrafted guys that they brought in. 
those are the guys going to be out there running around really. And, you know, obviously there's no hitting or anything like that going on, but that's part of the reason why the media wasn't really invited to this either is because there was nothing really to see in terms of the draft picks. We're not going to see Tyree Wilson out there. We're not going to see any of the, the top draft picks out there. Number one for Wilson, he's still, you know, coming back from the foot. Right. But the other reason is they're not going to be doing a lot of things. It's, it's mostly classroom for, for the draft picks, and it's more of a tryout camp for the UDFAs. What is your gut feeling when it comes to Tyree Wilson? Do you think he'll be available when training camp opens up? That's the goal. Um, gut feeling? Who, who are you talking to, right? I mean, you're talking to the <laughs> right. guys that made the pick? Yeah, then yeah, he's going to be ready. And Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the pick if he wasn't. I mean, I've seen so many weird things, man. I covered this team since 2005, and, you know, Jamarcus Russell holding out until the middle of the season started, really. Mm. You know, it's just weird things all the way around. I'm not comparing him to Jamarcus. I'm just right. saying there's weird things. The hope, obviously, from the Raiders' perspective, is that he's good to go. And it's obvious he was coached up a little bit because he didn't really answer the question when he was asked. You may have been the one to ask him, uh, you know, how how ready are you? Where are you right now? And his answer was, it's up to the Raider doctors to determine where I am. But I feel good, and I expect to be ready for camp. So that's really all we can take at this point. All right, Paul, when it goes back to the schedule and we're looking at the away games, the Raiders last year, they only won two games on the road. So which, how do you expect the team to, or how can the team be better as a road team, and which city are you looking forward to visiting the most? You know, how they get better on the road is, is just the, the consistency uh, with which they play. And, and, you know, they weren't that bad last year. It's just they, they had all those strange losses. As, as bizarre as those six or was it seven walk-off wins the year before mm-hmm. when they had no business winning those games and sneaking into the playoffs, but they did it. So good for them. You know, it was a, an awesome season to cover in terms of that, because of all the highs, the lows, and everything. Last year, with you know, the pendulum swung the other way, and all that good karma came flying back in their face last year. So to, to be better on the road, it's just the consistency they need to find. Um, you know, the fact that they're not playing Kansas City after the Chiefs' annual bye, Man. It's, it's, it's good for them. Um, the one thing we don't have to look for anymore in the schedule is where are the cold-weather games because of Derek Carr's traditional struggles in cold weather because he's no longer part of the equation. Okay, so... That's part of just you know the growing process. I don't know if there's a magic you know magic pill to say okay, well here's how they get better on the road. You just have to figure it out, and then that consistency. Maybe they do build that because the bias so late in the season. They know that they're just in for it, and they can look at that bias. Okay, now we can catch our breath and go forward. Especially you know three of the first four on the road, two of the last three are on the road as well. Right. Uh, the city I'm looking forward to going to is not so much a city as much as I can check the box off. I have yet to cover a, a football game in, in Detroit. So that will be number 30 of 32. I will just, after Detroit, I'll just have Philly and New Atlanta to have a stadium I haven't covered a game in. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There you go. I like it. I like it. The ATL, I've actually been there for the Super Bowl. I was there uh, covering okay. that snoozer. Uh, that was what, the Rams and, and Patriots. <laughs> that was a terrible game. And then Detroit, the draft will be in the in Detroit this upcoming year. My dad already told me, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said, that's the draft you don't need to go to is the one in Detroit. And I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm sure I'll be there. Paul, we'll get you out on this one. Uh, Christmas. Christmas in Kansas City is what you're going to be doing. So you'll you'll be at Arrowhead early in the morning on Christmas morning. What are your thoughts on the Raiders playing the Chiefs in Week 12 and then turning around playing them in Week 16? Uh, yeah, that, that that's brutal. Because they, they, had, you know, they won one game there in the past, what, seven or eight in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and you got to go that long distance, and it's going to be cold weather, so to speak, too. And that's tough. That's a tough call to have to go to Kansas City on Christmas where the entire country's watching after waking up and opening presents and things like that. So, I don't know. I just want to know. I, I haven't even looked yet, but I hope Arthur Bryant has opened the night before. 
Man, I'll t- don't even get me started on Arthur Bryant. I was there. <laughs> I was in the building in Kansas City for the draft. We were talking to NFL Network guys, but I didn't have time to actually sit down and eat. But I was in the building. Oh, it smelled no. fantastic. No, my my shirt probably still smells like Arthur Bryant's. Yes. But but I didn't I didn't get any food. Yeah, that's my spot. I, I always hit the the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and then Arthur Bryant's, and I feel like okay, Kansas City is done. Yes, that's man. I need to do the same thing. So maybe I need to make a return trip on. I mean, it's only Christmas, right? I mean, the kids right. the kids can do Christmas without me. They don't need me as long as my credit card's there. <laughs> So well, if you're there, if you're there, you and I are going. It's done. If there it is. There, we're going. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I'm gonna have to lock that in. Then we're gonna have to make that happen. Well, Paul, you know how I'm gonna close things out, man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Just trying to figure out what's next for this uh, this draft class. I mean, I had uh, Michael Meyer, uh, Michael Mayer, Meyer. I, I always want to call him the guy from Halloween. Right. Uh, you know, I'm stuck in the movies. The the, the new tight end. Uh, did a story <laughs> on him this week. Uh, you know, the last time the Raiders drafted a tight end from Notre Dame, Dave Casper. It worked out well for both parties. Yeah. He's in Canton right now, and and very similar. I talked to Tom Flores, actually, and he saw a lot of similarities just in the way they played, Ooh. the way the smooth and the route running and, and a big physical guy. So he liked a lot of what, what he saw in that draft pick. So that 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 just ran this week, and then coming up, it's just, just reacting more to, to what we're going to see at OTAs and, and kind of go forward from there. Yep, that'll be the next time we're out there. Uh, OTAs and mandatory mini camp, and then it'll probably go dark for a minute, and then well, we'll be out yeah. there at training camp wearing our uh, our max our Air Maxes two seventies and being comfortable. <laughs> need to get some new colors. Yes, yes, we do. We're we're working on it, Paul. We're working on it. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. Great stuff as always. Make sure you uh, you tell the wife that we said Happy Mother's Day this weekend, and have a good one. We'll do. Send you guys. All right, brother. There he goes. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, at P. Gutierrez, ESPN on Twitter. Definitely appreciate his time. Uh, of course, you can check him out all the time. He's uh, he's with us usually about once a week. We get him and uh, always bring in some good knowledge. So we definitely appreciate Paul. 248 is the time. We'll come back. Close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Ari Mayrob from the 33rdteam.com joins us at 3 o'clock, top of the hour, to talk about the national landscape when you look at the NFL, the schedule release. All things NFL related. We'll even ask him about what's going on in D.C. with the Washington Commanders. They agreed in uh, principle to sell the team. So the Daniel Snyder era is coming to a close. And all, all God's people say amen. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just one of those things that that's been a long time coming. So we'll talk to Ari, all things NFL, and I will deep dive into the NFL schedule. Our guy Pablo hit us up on Twitter. Yo, Q, I'm the exact opposite of your boy, Corey. I'm from Baltimore, born and raised, and never liked the Ravens. Been a Raiders fan since 98, since they drafted Chuck. Show topic question. What's the plan at quarterback post this year? Jimmy G is guaranteed this year, barring injury. That is from Pablo. Thanks so much. And, yeah, my boy Corey ain't got no sense. I mean, he has no sense whatsoever. He's my guy, so I can say that. But my dude is from the heart of Oakland. Oakland, California, through and through. Like, my man... I mean, from the shady 80s, he lived in the shady 80s for a while. He was out there on Ossian Way. I mean, you know, the, the, the laundromat right there off of Cherry. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's right there. He is in the heart. Again, if you looked up Oakland in the dictionary, like, Corey's picture's right there, right? There's no doubt about it. I have no idea how he became a Baltimore Ravens fan and being that deep-rooted in Oakland. Just didn't make any sense to me, but... To each their own, I guess. You know, he's just he's just that guy. I'm trying to remember what school he went to. It wasn't Mac. He went to I don't know. He got kicked out though. <laughs> he didn't stay there long. Let's <laughs> let me tell you, he didn't stay there long. Me and him actually, uh, I met Corey back when uh, I went to Ohlone, uh out in Fremont. I went there for a quick minute. 
quick, man. I went to Loney to play dominoes and talk to girls, and that was basically all I got accomplished at school. And I don't think he did much more either. So I don't know why either one of us were there, but we were. So going to your question, Pablo, now that I got sidetracked, I don't I can't tell you what the what the quarterback idea is moving forward, right? I mean, outside of Jimmy G, they drafted Aiden O'Connell this year. I think he's gonna be a a, a backup. You know, I think that that's probably going to be his his position in the NFL, which is fine. Instead of having a a, a high price backup like the Raiders have had at times, uh, you know, a, a backup that can develop into Josh McDaniel's system. But a lot of people, like nationally, think that he can develop into something more, and that Josh McDaniel's likes his skill set. And the only thing that I know about Aiden O'Connell is that he's not a mobile guy. I know he's very accurate. I know he threw for a lot of yards. I know he's got it between the ears, but he's not he's not mobile. And I think that in this day and age, you have to have a little bit of mobility. But that's just me. I'm not the guy calling the shots. So um, as far as I'm concerned, the Raiders are probably going to dip into the draft and get a quarterback, if not every year, every other year, until they find their guy. That might be Aiden O'Connell. That may be a guy they find next year. That may be a guy they find two years down the road. I mean, we just don't know. But I don't think that the long-term, and this is just me, I don't think the long-term quarterback, quarterback of the future for the Silver and Black is currently on the roster just my opinion. 255 is the time. When we come back, Ari Mayroth, 33 teamcom will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.